You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. Well, church family, today we are starting a brand new series and it's called Increase. And the reason it's called Increase is because at the end of each year, I like to take some time and just pray during my quiet time and just ask God, Lord, what's a word for this next year? What's a word for the new year? Maybe, maybe it's a theme for the new year. Lord, show me for this next season of my life, of our, my family's life, of our church. Lord, is there something that you want to do specifically? You want me to look at, focus on? What is it, Lord? Show me that word. And so I felt like God gave me the word increase. And initially I'm just like, yeah, that sounds amazing, right? Like everybody loves increase. Everyone wants increase in their finances and in their marriage, their relationships and their job. Everyone wants increase in, in favor, in God's blessing, in wisdom. Increase is a good thing. And so I was so excited. And so one of the things I always try to do is if I ask God for a word like this, I say, Lord, show me in your word where I can find this, where I can find this theme, where I can find support, something I can stand on that's in your word. And so God led me to John 3 in verse 30. It says this, this is John the Baptist talking and John's at the height or in the middle of his ministry and Jesus is coming on the scene and he's becoming very, very popular. And so some of John's disciples are coming to him and they say, hey, Jesus seems like he's getting more popular, reaching more people than you are. John, what do you have to say about that? And here's where we see John 3, verse 30. John responds, he says, He, meaning Jesus, must increase, but I must decrease. He must increase, I must decrease. And this is what God is talking about when He prompted me with this word for this new year, increase. It's not so much that it's increased in all of these things, It's more so about increasing Jesus and decreasing my own pride, our own pride, and and finding the path to humility. And we're going to talk about that here in just a little bit. But here's what's encouraging about this. Wherever I want increase in my life, maybe you want increase in your marriage, relationship, career, finances, uh, wisdom, whatever area I want increase in my life, I must increase Jesus in that area. Let me say that again. Wherever I want increase in my life, I must increase Jesus in that area. So if I want my marriage to get better, if I want my marriage to get healthier, I need to increase Jesus in my marriage and I need to decrease myself. My own agenda, my own thoughts, my own opinions, my own, uh, my own items, my own things that I, I want, and I need to increase God's will for my marriage. I need to increase God's character, His love, His patience in my marriage. If I need my job or my career to increase, I need to increase Jesus in my work, in my work ethic, in in my leadership, in my skill set. I need to increase Jesus and I need to decrease myself, my own selfishness, my own feelings, my own attitudes, my own uh, maybe uh, prompting or, or wanting to complain about my boss or a coworker. I need to decrease those things and increase the character of God, the love of God in my work. And I will see increase in my job, in my career. If I want my finances to increase this year, I need to increase Jesus in my finances. I need to follow his word, look to his word, speak his word, stand on his word for my finances. I need to decrease myself 
well, I don't feel like being generous to that person. I don't feel like tithing this time. I don't feel like whatever it is, I want to hold on to my, my money. What is God asking me to do? And I'm beginning to see as I start to study these things is that if we want to see increase in areas of our life, whatever area that might be, I need to find a way to increase Jesus in that area. And so over this series, that's what we're going to do. We're going to take out some of these hot topics and we're going to spend a week on it and talk about in our marriage, in our finances, uh, in my career, in my health. If I want to see increase in these areas, how do I increase Jesus? How do I decrease myself? Here's what I found though. Many people want increase in their life, but I found that few are willing to decrease in order to obtain it. Let me say that again. Many want increase, but I found that few are willing to decrease themselves in order to obtain it, right? I think many times we come into the new year and we make all these, these um, new year resolutions and we, we have all these goals and these plans and we say, well, I want to accomplish this or that with, uh, and this is my goal for 2023. But many times we fail to bring God into that conversation. This is my goal. These are my goals for 2023. But have I asked God what he wants to do in my life in 2023. Too many times we set goals without including, seeking, asking God first. And here's what happens. When we get out of the way, whenever we choose to decrease ourselves, our own agendas, we humble ourselves, we exalt God. When we decrease, when we get out of the way and we let God accomplish what he intends to, then much is accomplished. Let me say that again. Whenever we get out of the way and we let God do what he wants to do and we prayerfully see it through and we ask for his will and not our own, much is accomplished in our lives. That's how it's done. On the other hand, when we step in and we try to help God along the way, God, you're taking too long. I'm going to take matters into my own hands. God, what's, what's, why aren't we getting the answer to this prayer? God, how come I'm not seeing increase at work? Um, I, maybe this job's not for me. I'm just going to apply for that job. I'm going to change careers. Lord, why are you taking so long? Whenever we try to help God along the way, we often find ourselves actually working against what God desires to do. So here's the importance of us decreasing or us humbling ourselves is that whenever I humble myself, I submit to God's will. And His will for your life is always better than your own. It's far better, better than your own. But whenever I choose to take matters in my own hands and I don't humble myself, I say, you know what, Lord, let me just help you out. Oftentimes I'm fighting against what God wants to do and the good things that He wants to give me and provide for me in my life and what He desires to do. So here's the thing. If you want 2023 to be the best year of your life, he, Jesus, must increase, but you must decrease. Let me say that again. If you want 2023 to be the best year of your life, He must increase and you must decrease. If you want this year to be full of God's kingdom, to be full of the, His Lordship reigning in your life, what is that? It's His provision, it's His healing, it's His wisdom, it's His fulfillment, it's His mercy, it's His goodness. If you want those things, which are all good things, in your life, Increase Jesus and decrease yourself. Increase Jesus and decrease yourself. And in this series, we're going to talk about a bunch of different ways that we can do that in a bunch of different areas of our life. But for today, I want to talk about just in general, what does it mean to decrease myself? That sounds a little weird. Um, and how do we practically do that? To decrease is simply this, to humble 
ourselves. To decrease ourselves is to humble ourselves. And so I got three points for you today. So if you're taking notes, hopefully you are, even though you may not have a note-taking card in a notebook like we normally do when we meet in person. But I would encourage you, get out your phone, get out something to write on, take down some notes here, write down these verses as we talk about them so you can look them up in your Bible later on today. But the first point is this, the fruit of humility is service. The fruit of humility is service. Like I think the question is, how do I know if I'm humble or not? I think many times we can say that we're humble, but how do I know if I'm actually a humble person? I think there's a follow-up question that gives some clarity, and it's this. Am I serving anyone besides myself? Am I serving anyone besides myself? I don't know if I'm humble, if I'm serving others. Am I serving my spouse or do I make our marriage really tough because it's always what I want and not what they want? Am I serving my kids? Am I setting them up for success by how I treat them, how I represent the Heavenly Father to them? Um, am I serving my boss at work well? Do I show up with a good attitude? Do I work hard? Am I willing to stay late if they need me to? Am I serving my neighbors? Do I let uh, my, my dogs do whatever they want or bark all nights of the all time of the, the day and night? Or am I serving them well by being considerate it to them on how I treat my property, how I keep my yard mode, how I take care of my dogs, whatever it might be. Am I a humble person? The question is, am I serving anyone besides myself? Because what's interesting is the highest calling or the highest position even in scripture is to be a servant. The highest position to hold is to be a servant. In fact, I'm going to show you from some of the heroes of the faith. Let me show you what, how they identified um, even in their calling. Romans 1.1, 1, 1, this is Paul. He writes this. It says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. What does Paul tell us? He says, look, here's what I'm called to do. I'm called to be an apostle. I'm set apart, yes. But he says, I am a servant. First and foremost, I am a servant of Jesus and others. I'm also an apostle, and that's very important, and that's, that's huge. However, he says, I am a servant. Look at James 1.1. He says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Peter 1.1. It says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. You can see the word servant constantly on the mouth of these heroes of the faith saying, look, we understand the most important thing we can do is to serve because that's what Jesus did. But I think many times we get too focused on our position, our title, maybe what we've accomplished in our lives, or even what we're called to do. Well, I'm called to be a pastor. I'm called to be a business leader. I'm called to be a carpenter. I'm called to be uh, an electrician. I'm the best there is, whatever there is. We're, we get so fixed on what we're called to do that many times we, we miss what's most important, the most important position that anyone can hold, which is to be a humble servant of Jesus and of other people. It really doesn't matter what my title is at work or at home or in the public, because no matter what, I am going to serve Jesus first and I'm going to serve others second. No matter what my title is, it could, it could be a doctor, it could be pastor, it could be Mr., Mrs., whatever, whatever it is, mom, dad, grandma, it could be anything. No matter what my title is, I will choose to serve others well and to serve Jesus first and others second. Success in the kingdom of God is not how many people you can get under you. Not how many people can I, can I oversee. Well, I oversee 50 or 100 people at work. That's great. 
The real question is, though, for success in the kingdom is how many people can you get over you? How many people are you serving on a regular basis? How many people are you going out of your way to show Jesus to you on a regular basis? Doesn't mean you're preaching on the street corner, but maybe through your kindness, through your love, through your, through your, your patience with other people, your goodness towards other people, your self-control towards other people. Those are ways that you can share Jesus to others. Uh, look at Philippians 2, 3. It says this, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let esteem others better than himself. The best way for you to go higher and higher in the kingdom of God is to actually go lower and lower. That's what's interesting about God's kingdom is it's actually an upside down kingdom. It's reversed to how we think in the natural. God's word tells us that, well, if you want to receive more, give more. He talks about that with, with, with our generosity of finances, with our judgment towards other people, with how we treat other people. What you sow is what you reap. If you want to receive more, you need to give more. If you want to have authority, you need to get under authority. If you want to truly live, what does God's word say? You need to die. Die to yourself. Die to your own will. Crucify your flesh. Not your will, but his will be done in your life. If you want to truly experience life, you must die. It's an upside down thing. But here's what's encouraging. When I choose to humble myself, when I choose to go lower, when I choose to um, decrease, God will lift me up. When I decrease myself, I exalt him, I lift him up, I increase him and I decrease myself, God will lift me up. In fact, that's point number two is this, God exalts the humble. God exalts the humble. Let me show you a few verses here. In Luke 1 verse 52, it says this, He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. Exalted. Uh, Matthew 23, 12. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. 1 Peter 5, 6. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Here's what's interesting is we may think about this and we say, well, Pastor Dan, if I'm truly being humble, why then would I want to be exalted? Why would I want to be lifted up? Doesn't that seem contrary? Like I, I'm, I'm humbling myself because I want to stay behind the scenes. I don't want the recognition. I don't want people looking at me or praising me. I want to stay low. Why would God lift me up? And to answer that question, it's, it's really, it is a great question. To answer that question, I would say this. Um, if you were walking or hiking with a friend, and let's say your friend fell into a ravine or fell into a pit, and they tried to get out on their own, but they couldn't get out. It was too slippery. They couldn't get a grip. They couldn't find a way out. There was nothing to grab onto. But you were out of the pit looking down at them, encouraging them. What's the easiest or maybe the best way to get them out of that ravine or of the pit? Is it, number one, to get into the pit with them, to put your arm around them and say, yeah, this looks pretty bad. Let me try. Yeah, I can't get out either. I don't know what we're going to do. Is that the best way to get him out? Or is it better to stay on the high ground, to go find some rope, go get a ladder, go call somebody that can get some help to get something down there that we can raise them up out of? Obviously, it's number two, right? We're using some extreme kind of obvious examples, but this is what God wants to do. Why does God exalt us? Why does he want to lift us up and seat us in heavenly places with Jesus? It's so that we can be in a place to lift others up as well. 
Why does God exalt us? Not so that we will be praised, not so that we can make a name for ourselves. It's not about that. It's all about glorifying Him. But He wants to put you into a position where you can represent Him well, you can steward His kingdom well, and when you see someone that's down in a pit, you've been exalted in the kingdom, and you say, hey, I have some solid footing. Let me pull you up out of there and help you get on the right track. So here's what's encouraging. When you choose to increase Jesus in your life, and decrease yourself, God sees it, and He says, I want to exalt you. I want to lift you up and put you in a good place in due time. And point number three is this. Maturity is revealed through humility. Maturity is revealed through humility. This is a big one. When we mature in Christ, we should become more and more humble. If a person has been walking with God for a long time, and they've been, they've been walking with Him, they've been a Christian for a long time, but they're getting more and more prideful, more and more about themselves, more and more getting in the spotlight. Look at me, look at how great I am, look at how much I've accomplished on my own. We honestly have a real problem because that person isn't getting closer to Jesus. Honestly, they're getting farther away. And here's what's interesting about this is, uh, hopefully you know this, you can get older and not mature. You can get older and not mature more. In fact, I, I think I, I see this quite a bit. Sometimes I'll get into uh, talking with a married couple or in counseling or something like that, and we'll have a conversation, and I, and I will think to myself, you are both adults here, but your fight and your arguments are like middle schoolers. They're like elementary age kids. You guys are fighting about these little things, these things that are just so dumb that we could easily get past if we would just serve one another. Hopefully, maybe you know somebody, right? Maybe in your family, maybe you got a family member that they've aged, but they have not matured. They've aged, but they have not matured. In fact, let me, I will remind you, the sign of maturity in the kingdom of God is humility. The sign of maturity in the kingdom of God is humility. How do I know if someone's really walking with God, walking with Jesus, serving the Lord? How do I know if they they've really are a mature believer that I can trust and I can gain, go to for, uh, for wisdom and for insight? Are they walking in humility? Now, let me show you from, from uh, God's word. One of the best examples is Paul. Right, Paul, the greatest apostle, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, uh, he even wrote things, or he even wrote that some of the spiritual insights that he had, were, he couldn't even write them down because it was too deep, too profound for people to understand. He obviously walked closely with Jesus, had great spiritual insight, the greatest apostle. Paul, Paul got saved in 36 AD, and he died in 66 AD. So he was a Christian for roughly 30 years. 20 years after becoming a Christian, 10 years before his death, he wrote 1 Corinthians. Let me say that again. So 20 years after becoming a Christian and 10 years before his death, he wrote 1 Corinthians. And it says this, 1 Corinthians 15. Paul writes, For I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Look at his verbiage. I am the least of the apostles. Is he? Obviously not. <laughs> I am the least of the apostles. Let's, let's move on in his life. Seven years later, three years before his death, he wrote Ephesians. Ephesians 3.8, he writes, To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, 
Okay, he's the, the least of the apostles. Now he's saying, seven years later, he says, I'm the least of all the saints. And then, let's continue on. Two years later, one year before he dies, he writes 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 1.15. It says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Of whom I am chief. Let's recap. What does he say? Ten years before he dies, he says, I am the least of the apostles. Three years before he dies, he says, I am the least of all the saints. One year before he dies, he says, I'm the chief of all sinners. Here's what we see in the life of Paul. Is the longer he walked with Christ, the more mature he got in understanding, in character, in in insight with our Lord and Savior, the longer he did that the more he decreased and Jesus increased in his life. He continued, Paul continued to decrease and decrease and decrease into humility, all the while allowing Jesus to increase and increase and increase in his life. And because Paul chose to decrease and humble himself, God used him to impact the world in an incredibly massive way. So the sign of true maturity in the kingdom is humility. Because from the greatest apostle Paul, what? The longer he lived, the longer he walked with Christ, the less he thought of himself, and the more he said, it's all about Jesus and it's all about Christ. So as I wrap up today, let me remind you, everyone wants increase in their life in some area or the other. Everyone wants increase in their life. But few are willing to decrease in order to see it come to pass. 2023 will be the best year of your life if we will do what John the Baptist said, John 3.30, he must increase, but I must decrease. And throughout this series, we're going to talk about how the different ways that we can increase Jesus in our life and decrease ourselves so that we can see his goodness, his provision, and his will come to pass in every area, our marriages, our jobs, our finances, our health, different things like that. We're going to talk about that in the weeks to come. But for today, first step in decreasing is reminding ourselves to decrease is to humble ourselves. Number one, the fruit of humility is service. No matter what my title is, my job is, my calling is, I am a servant of Jesus and a servant of others. Number two, God exalts the humble When I humble myself, I know God will exalt me when the time is right. Why? Not so I can praise myself, so that I can help others as well. And then number three, maturity is revealed through humility. How do I know if somebody's really maturing in Christ? Are they becoming less about themselves and more about Jesus? If so, that's a great sign that they are maturing in Christ. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you so much. And today... Lord, I just pray that this word would go deep into our heart. Lord, I pray that it would go deep and it would take root and it would produce good things, Lord. I pray that you would help us truly begin to understand what it means to decrease so that you can increase. And Lord, over these next several weeks, as we look to the areas of our life that we need increase, that we need your provision, that we need your insight, Lord, that we need your uh, a touch of your hand, Lord, I pray that you would help us have the wisdom to understand your word, help us have the wisdom to receive your word and the boldness to put it into action so that we can see the goodness of the Lord this year. 
And Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for good things this year as we are committed to seeing increase, not increase of our own agenda, not increase of of our own name, but for you to increase and for us to decrease and for us to experience all that you have for us. We love you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.